Consequence Podcast Network. This, this episode, episode brought to you by, by Nick B. B. Nick B. This is my impression of Todd. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> this is actually I a thought sad there were two fact. Todds in the room, so you know. Uh, this is a sad fun fact. Um, Nick B had to take Officer Boo his. I saw that. Yeah. To the to the doctor. But oh, I think everything's so going sad. Okay now. Yeah. Oh, Officer so. Boo. We need a Boo update. We need a pup date. <gasps> we do a Boo pup date. A Boo pup date. Officer Boo down. Oh. Officer Boo, we miss you. We hope you're feeling better. Woof woof. <laughs> that was really pretty. Officer Boo, we hope you have a speedy recovery. Not too fast, y'all. You'll write yourself a speeding ticket. Oh, God. Oh God. This episode <laughs> also brought to you by Ori. Ori. Guys, Ori taught me the coolest thing this week, and I'm so excited. And I'm going to try to do this on the pod, and I don't know if it's going to work or not, but Ori taught me how to play the spoons, and I can actually play them. So let's see if it works. Is Ori Chris Cornell? Okay, so here's here's a rant that I'm mad about because I went up to Corey and I was like, hey, Corey, I learned this cool thing today. And that suddenly turned into me having to watch a Soundgarden video. Oh, come on. Soundgarden <laughs> is amazing. Spoon oh, man. man. I posted a picture of a grumpy cat when I was talking about that. <laughs> so let's see if it picks up on the mic. Okay. She has lowered the mic. Ready for a roll? (laughs) (laughs) We need video content here. Well, Ori, I'm so sorry you can't see this because let me just tell you, it is ridiculous. (laughs) Holy shit, this is amazing. Thank you, Ori. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, Ori, for bringing that bit of magic to our lives. This episode also brought to you by Matt. Matt. Hey, Matt. Welcome, Bork. Wow, I've never heard someone commit and then uncommit from an orca borka so fast. Committing and uncommitting is my thing, Todd. <laughs> you ghosted the orca borka. That was amazing. <laughs> All right, uh, here is my Swedish fun fact for Matt, who lives in Sweden. So since 1901, the Nobel Prize has been awarded 567 times-ish. Ooh. It is the legacy of Alfred Nobel, who invented dynamite in 1866, The Nobel Prize has been awarded every year in Stockholm, Sweden since 1901. And that first year, the prize was worth 150,000 kroner. And in 2010, it was increased to 10 million kroner, which is currently around $1.2 million. Oh. Yeah. We now return you to another episode of The The Patrioticals. All right. (laughs) Eddie and Isaac have teamed up. To go to Mambletopia to save the survivors because... I like that they're, like, working together now. That's awesome. There's not many people left, and the Illuminati has tricked them all into fighting each other. Right. they're going to bomb Mambletopia because they don't want any survivors. Yeah, it's almost like the people who are in control want the people who are, like, in the middle, or middle class, you might say, to focus Mm -hmm. on fighting with each other instead of focusing on the control that they have and the way that they're fucking us over. It's the Patreoniarchy. Oh, man, Ah. Jen, you fucking found Ah. it. You found the joke, Jen. I mean, (laughs) but it's also not a joke. It's also, like, what happened? <laughs> because it's real. <laughs> exactly. You see, the patriarchals are a, a grim allegory of the world we live in. <laughs> so Eddie and Isaac are going to save Mamletopia, and uh, Eddie's still mad at Isaac because he's like, you did some really bad shit, but we got to save these people right. and animals. Yeah, I mean, absolutely um, you do. So they're on the way back there, 
And Isaac's like, I know, I know. We got to we gotta punish the uh, Illuminati if we can, but we got to find out where these cities are. We got to, like, find out a place where we could be safe. Matthew gathers Kate and Miggy Mac, and he's like, hey, you're the only friends I have left. Aw. I know. <laughs> Man, every time I hear Miggy Mac, I just want to be like, Miggy, 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 the Mary Poppins umbrella once told me of like a really safe place to go to in extreme emergencies. I'm but sorry. I don't know if I can. The Mary Poppins umbrella <laughs> also speaks. It really is just Siri. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of Siri's voice, it sounds like Julie Andrews. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish we all sounded like Julie Andrews. I, honestly, I me too. She's got an amazing mm-hmm. voice. And yo, Mary Poppins from back in the day could get it. Yep. <laughs> so, but he's like, do, what do you guys think? Should I trust the umbrella because the Illuminati gave me the umbrella? Mm. Oh, this is quite the dilemma. Does it have a smirking Chip and Dale icon on the button? <laughs> because don't well, push that button. Yeah. The umbrella is destroyed now. <gasps> oh, shit. Oh, this is just like him remembering. This is him remembering. Mickey Mac and the koala are like looking at each other like, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kate was like, look, my psychic powers were given to me by evil people, but I use them for good. Mm-hmm. Let's go to this place. We have to save some people. We can find out they've imprisoned all these people are like, yeah, I don't know. They have secret cities of people. We don't know if they're evil. They're good. We need to know something. So we need to find out stuff. So let's head to this. Yeah. We need more intel, to- right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Eddie and Isaac are headed to go get the people from Amatopia and get them out of the city and like right. try to like scatter them. So the Illuminati don't bomb them out of existence. Yeah. So we should go. <laughs> we should go uh, to where you're talking about and like figure it out. And like Matthew's like, we have to go to the, the Bahamas. Okay. So Matthew just like legit wants to take a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like let's head to florida so they get in a van they go to florida but behind uh-huh. them is tristam carrying macy my oh, that's dog, right the evil macy dog. snuck in <laughs> yeah the tristinator but he doesn't need a car because he runs really fast on his robot legs will eddie and isaac make it to mamletopia in time to save the city is the tristinator in league with mikey's evil dog macy does Mikey think that the Bahamas are in Florida? Find out next week on another episode of The Patreonicals. I was wondering about that, too. Now it is that special time of the month, Jen, where we get yes, to call is. out and love on our You Can Get It level sponsors. That's right. Hey, You Can Get It level Ooh, sponsors. You're just like Julia Andrews. You can get it. I mean, she does get it. The medicine goes down. <laughs> <laughs> wow I'm sorry you have to cut wow. that <laughs> So Veronica Hey, hey Veronica. Veronica Isn't Veronica like our longest existing You can get it level sponsor She is um, So fun fact about Patreon They um, list them in the order that you signed up So I found that out this week <laughs> As we are now listening <laughs> them In reverse chronological order Exactly yeah so we have some new ones So I wanted to go backwards So yeah Veronica is our OG uh, You you can get she's been getting it for so long oh she yeah she has awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, she just like legit can't get enough of it and then we have karoon hey karoon hey karoon karoon got it karoon has been getting it yeah karoon has been getting it for so long that he has lived through us not knowing how to say his name correctly <laughs> yeah and apologizing <laughs> it for it so we also have kayla and aaron oh, kayla and aaron yay thank you so much for getting it guys yes we have um christy Michelle, who is, I think she recently started getting it, but you know, it doesn't matter how long you've been getting it. You're still getting yeah, it. Yeah. Just because you just started getting it doesn't mean you don't deserve to get it. We also have Scott. Scott yeah, is Scott. currently getting it. Scott. Yeah. 
that, we're not going to ask how long it's been since he got it. No, but we Scotty do know doesn't that know. It. Scotty doesn't yeah. know. How, he gets it so often. He just can't. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just, just, like, why count? You know, <laughs> we have Nicole, who I think was one of the newer. You can get it's last time. But thank you so much, Nicole, for getting it. Yeah, I think really this is her second it. month back to back getting it. A show off. <laughs> My, I feel like Mikey is taking personal offense just because we chose to name it the you can get it level. I know, yeah. But the next person who can get it is Mandy. Mandy, oh, yeah. that's right. Yes, thank you, Mandy. She is the first of our new ones, right? She is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we have quite a few new ones. Wow. We have Kaylee. Hey, Kaylee. Who is now getting it as well. Hey, oh. Kaylee, you're getting it. Whoop, whoop. And then we have Nikki, yeah, who Nikki. is now right. getting it. Welcome thank aboard. you so much. Mikey, welcome aboard. <laughs> God, I love you, Mikey, so much. I watched Captain Ron like two weeks ago. <laughs> Love that movie. Oh, oh my, my God, goodness. guys, we have to focus. The, ne- the next one is Nick. Nick. Okay, and I have specific fun fact about Nick. Uh-oh. Nick is a lady, and she would like for us to call her Lady Nick. Ooh, Lady Nick, which makes sense. <laughs> All right. Because we have Nick B, and to avoid we confusion, do. Nick B, the B stands for boy, and mm-hmm. Lady Nick is Lady Nick because she's is a that- lady. Okay. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, Nick the lady. Talking about Nick the Lady. I'm so That's sorry. all I know of that song. That's all you need to know. Okay, so we have Keep Up the Good Work One. That is the name they're giving us, although I think their name is John. Um, and so <laughs> I like I like how they <laughs> they choose a username and then Jen outs them. I know. Keep Up the Good Work has a special um, shout out he wants to give to Mandy, who I think we said her name a little earlier. Mandy is Uh-oh. convinced him to finally listen to the show, and now he's a big fan. Oh, oh He wanted to give her a shout out, and because her birthday is July 19th, so we oh. need to say happy birthday, because that's tomorrow in the Space Time Lord continuum right now. Right, because we're recording this on the 18th, yes. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right. Well, happy um, birthday. Yeah, so Sorry, like, we're a little late. Right, right. Happy birthday, yeah. Mandy. And thank you for the sweet shout out, John. Yeah. I mean, keep up the good work. <laughs> and so then we have Daisy. Daisy. Who is now getting it. Yeah, hey, she Daisy. is currently She's getting it. Daisy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Daisy. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, and our last one is Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, Morgan. Who actually, her husband, Raul, <gasps> what? is a very Wait, big did fan. did you just say and his so- last name? <laughs> Yeah, her husband, Raul, last name redacted. (laughs) Oh, I used to know a redacted. (laughs) Yeah, from the uh, Scranton redacteds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. uh uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I've heard good things about their people. They're a very old New England family. (laughs) Right, yes. Raul is a big fan and would like Mikey to say what you would do to him when he gets home from work. (laughs) What is happening right now jen (laughs) i'm not kidding i'm sorry okay is this like a pink panther kato situation like where mikey's like waiting in his house to attack him the pink i mean we can read it however we want although i do have the word sexy in my notes (laughs) i slowly eat pizza in front of you. Oh my God, Mikey. Oh. Yes. Just let the grease <laughs> slide down. Oh, uh, ooh, I've yeah. been feeling grease all my nap. <laughs> oh, grease it. <laughs> Ew. Cheesy. Oh. oh, my God. 
<laughs> All right, so thank you, Morgan, and thank you, Raul. <laughs> oh, wow. This episode finally brought to you by Chris. Chris. Hey, hey, Chris. Chris. Chris just wants everyone to know that you are loved. Yes, you are. Yeah, did you guys see somebody posted in the Facebook group a sign that said you are loved? Yeah. And they're like, oh, I think a member of the Harvard yeah. family's been around here. <laughs> it definitely had some real Chris vibes to it, yeah. It really did. It was so sweet. And yes. if you notice, like, every time somebody posts that, like, hey, I'm new to the group, like, first-time commenter, you know, he always responds with that. Like, you are loved. We're glad you're here. And it's just so nice yeah, to hear, it's especially the right best. now. I love know? it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much, yeah, thank Chris. You, Chris. And we love you, too. Hey, have you ever been on a plane that you knew was going to crash and the only thing you could think to do was just, like, play the theme music to the person right next to you? Just hold it right in their face. <laughs> I knew that that would be the one thing in this movie you, like, hated the most. What part is that? <laughs> and of course, Mikey didn't remember it because he was like, yeah, that makes total sense. <laughs> I only ask you, Mikey, because you're the only one on the podcast that is single. But like, yeah. can you even date during this? Like, what? Like, how, how does it even work? You can do it. It's just real hard. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> Oh, welcome to the horror virgin, everyone. Oh my <laughs> I feel like god. that's fitting for this movie. <laughs> yes. So. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm the horror virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, the listeners made me yes. watch Cabin Fever. Yes. And I have some thoughts, guys. I have a lot of questions and a lot of thoughts about this movie. <laughs> yeah, I have some thoughts too. So this movie came out 2002, 2003, like right around there, right? So have you guys seen this movie before? I saw it in theaters. Oh, wow. Okay. Which adds to the feelings. Oh, does it? Mm. Because you paid money to see it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I paid money to see it last night, and I got feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Jen, have you seen it before? I have. I think I rented it. Like most of them, I rented it pretty soon after it came out. Fair enough, yeah. So what did you guys think about it when you saw it the first time, early 2000s, whenever that was? I remember hearing that a lot of people really loved it, and it was kind of (laughs) something that was being buzzed about a lot. Oh, man, yeah. Now, this was also probably 2003, 2004, 2005 when I saw it, and I feel like a lot has changed in like the language we use and like the way we tell stories and like oh, the yeah. points of view we look for. Like a, there's a certain amount of grace I can give it for the time period that it's in. But I remember yeah. thinking, eh, this is pretty good. But it's also like it's gross and it's body horror, which is just not my thing at all. So sure. like, yeah, this was pretty good, but it's just not really for me, you know? So Mikey, how did you feel about it when you first saw it? Well, sort of like with Jen, there was a lot of buzz at the time. It was getting good reviews. Like yeah. Eli Roth, hot new director, blah, blah, blah. And like me and my group of friends were like, oh, let's go see this new horror film. And then we saw it and then we all hated it. Yeah. So I think personally, I saw it last night and I think this movie is like super uplifting because if you're trying <laughs> to do anything in your life, anything at all, and you just fail super hard your first time out, just remember <laughs> that Eli Roth had a career after this movie. He did. The sky's the limit, guys. Yeah. No matter how bad your first movie is, people will still give you chances. Todd, people love this movie. This movie got like two sequels and a remake. That Well, yep. it got that because of box office, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, I yeah. thought this movie was terrible. And I think <laughs> that's why it won the listener request. Because a lot of people love this movie because it is, like, really effective body horror, which I don't like. Yes. And it's really, like, over-the-top bad. Almost 
almost so bad it's good. Yes. Yeah. The whole time I'm watching it today, I was like, is this a Mikey movie now or is this just a movie I don't like? And there was like, like a fine line there. <laughs> I, it concerns me that that line is so small. Well, <laughs> like, it was like, it's kind of refreshing to watch a movie in this day and age where I don't have empathy or sympathy or strong feelings about any character that shows up at any point at any time during the whole film. See, but that's part of my problem with this movie. And I will go ahead and say, this may be one of the only movies I've seen by Eli Roth because he just, he's known for being super gory and like torture porn mm-hmm, yeah. kind of stuff. And that's just not my thing. So I don't really, seek it out. Really, this is the first that's one not. you've seen. He did Hostel and stuff too. And I didn't like those either. So I, I'm, I'm with we you, We have that Jim. one coming up too though, right? That, we do. That's yeah, next yeah. week. Wait, are we watching Hostel next week? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> on it Mikey <laughs> spoilers when I was watching this movie and I think about this a lot with like authors and with directors like I don't feel like Eli Roth likes any of the characters in this movie yes and when I feel like that it's real off-putting to me because one it tells me like he's willing to just tear all of these people apart and there's nobody that I'm gonna like because if the director doesn't like a character I don't think there's any way that I'm gonna be able to find any sympathy you know and so it's really hard for me to enjoy movies like that there's no one to connect to as a like protagonist that you're like yeah I hope Boy Meets World's best friend makes it out of this or whatever right you're just like can everyone just die so I can go back to my life no and it's like they're not just like dumb they're like so ear redeemable in like a lot of different ways yeah i mean really the only character i felt like i could connect with on some level was bert which which one was bert (laughs) mikey this joke would be better if you knew anything about the movie we're talking about i just watched the movie i don't know their names (laughs) i was afraid you were gonna say the police officer like the young police officer (laughs) okay but i will say there are some things that i do think I don't particularly like, but I could see why people like this movie because the gore is really effective. It is. And I think that's part of why this movie was talked about at the time when it came out because we were coming off of a lot of 90s horror where there wasn't as much gore, there wasn't as much like nudity. And so a lot of like the stuff we know of from 80s horror had kind of gone away. And so this was kind of like a new direction that it was going in. And Eli Roth would like go on to make kind of lean into those things in a lot of his filmmaking and I think make films that do it more successfully. But I think I can see why people like it. I just don't like that gore stuff. So it's not nearly enough to override the stuff I don't like in this movie. Right. I agree with you. I mean, the gore is okay. It's like the crazies without anything good in it. Also, like no one makes any good choices throughout the whole film. It's not even that they're not good choices. They're just not even logical choices. Like No, it's so No dumb. one makes a decision that any human real person that wasn't written by a 17-year-old boy who really liked the Power Rangers would make. I bet coming out of the 90s horror scene, this is sort of like, this is going to be horrible to say, but like a breath of fresh air. But if you look in hindsight from where we are now with movies, and I feel like I've seen enough to be able to say that, horror movies now are way better than this. And this movie is objectively bad. And if you don't watch it through the lens of nostalgia, you could see that. I will say that I think this is probably the goofiest, most successful horror film from like the late 90s, early 2000s. Like it made me laugh, but like not, but like, in a Mikey movie kind of way, except that like people just are terrible. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I think the things that are supposed to make us laugh, I don't think are funny anymore. <sighs> Let's just get into this fucking movie. We'll get we to have it, yeah. so much to talk about it. And I just want to yeah. go through it scene by scene and just talk about it. Cause it's insane. Yeah. And we're going to do our best to be objective too. Sure. And I think we should just do our best to skip the first 40 minutes of credits. I do like the scene starts with like one girl yelling at a kid, don't go to college, it's a fucking scam, and then they just drive off. What? What? 
This movie starts with, with them in the Bronco yelling at a little kid on the sidewalk. And he's like, she's like, fuck finals and fuck college. Don't listen to the lies. And the kid's like sitting there with a lollipop. Like, oh, okay. And then they drive off to the cabin. Well, that is the first time we meet the kids. The first scene is when we see a guy in the woods. I swear to God. I was like, Mikey, did you watch the wrong movie? <laughs> no, just skip all the shit that's not important. Yeah. I mean, you could. And that would be the first 40 minutes of credits. And then the uh, opening scene with the hunter guy. I don't know. The hermit. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So right off the bat, we know there's going to be dead animals in this movie. Well, too. yeah, because the hunter is walking through the scene with a dead rabbit in his hand. And then he right. walks up on a stuffed animal dog. <laughs> And then he looks at it like he's wondering what it is for a very long time. And you can uh-huh. see, you can clearly see that it's cut in half and very <laughs> yep. dead. And he is responding mm-hmm. to it like he's expecting it to get up and run away. This dog right. couldn't look more dead unless its eyeballs were X's. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it couldn't have looked more cartoony. Like it was so right. <laughs> stuffed animal. Honestly, this guy is the best actor in the film because he made me believe that he thought that dog was alive. <laughs> and there's no way that that dog was not a stuffed animal covered in ketchup. And then he picks the dog up and like splits it in two for some, like that's not realistic. No one would do that to an injured dog. The only person I know that can split someone in two is- No! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, then the dog throws up blood from its stomach onto the guy, and then it's like, cabin fever. So this is the very first thing we see in this movie. And it's almost like there's like this defiant anger I just feel coming through this movie. Like, he's been told, you can't kill a dog in movies. You can't have dead dogs in movies. So he's like, fuck you. I'm going to put this right at the beginning. There's like this, an in-your-face quality to a lot of this that bugs me. If like a gory horror film was the band Creed, this is it. Yeah, but also if the director of that Creed film hated everyone who was ever going to movies ever, that would be this movie, I yes. Mean, I don't think Creed likes their audience. You know? uh, Otherwise, why I would mean, they do this to us? Basically, I just went through this movie with arms wide open wondering why. <laughs> wondering what if we had done the other one? Oh, wow, guys. So um, now we have everybody hate school and it's spring break and it's like, no more school. Woo! Yeah, yeah. So we get our kids in the Jeep and Ryder Strong is in the back of the car that I would like to say I did have a crush on. Until this movie. Yep. And then I just, and I remember liking him a lot the first time I watched it. And I think it's just because times have changed and I'm seeing things a lot differently now. Right. You know, and there's a girl with her head on his shoulder and then there's a couple in the front seat and there's a demon in a green hat <laughs> who will annoy me for two hours. Uh, okay. There's a fucking sociopath that they yes. brought with them Can- on this journey. Oh Can I just say that Bert surpasses Franklin for any character in a movie I've hated this much. I yeah. I hated Agreed. Bert so what? much that I 100%. wanted him to die early and often. And I was very upset he made it until like <laughs> like 20 minutes left of the movie. And if Bert's this bad, my only question is how bad is Ernie? But we'll get into I that know. in well, the sequel, Cabin <laughs> Fever 2. Bert and Ernie's revenge. <laughs> I did think it was really sweet of that 40-year-old man to take off work so he could take his college girlfriend and all of her friends to a cabin for the weekend. Oh, you mean the one with the demon wig? <laughs> he didn't look that old. Dude looked 40, man. He looked 40 years old. And like a James Bond knockoff villain. Yeah. Okay, so now we get to a gas station, and this part annoyed the fuck out of me. And this is one of the things that I think was not probably, probably wasn't a big deal back then, 
But now I watch it like, what the fuck? Because he sits down next to the Yeah, do you mean the part where Dennis does exactly what a kid should do if a pedophile comes up and sits next to them and starts sort of creeping on them? Yeah. Yes. And it's positioned like Dennis is a bad kid. But no, Ryder should not be creeping on a child at a gas station. (laughs) He didn't say anything except, hey, how's your day going? Yeah. He went and sat down right next to the kid, like so close that their sides he were touching. He puts his arm around him. I just thought yes. they were like the swing. No, Mikey. No. He is grooming this child or attempting to, but Dennis is not having it. I will, I will say. say wow, Jen. Jinx. I know. I don't think there's <laughs> any kind of like pedophilia. Like we're making jokes. I don't think there's any kind of that intention. But the problem I saw was like, you don't know this kid. You are way too close to this kid and being way too familiar with this kid. If that were my kid, I would come out with a baseball bat too. I will say this leads to my favorite scene of the movie is uh, the next time they come back to the gas station, they do put a sign up that says don't sit next to Dennis. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, in the back, <laughs> in the back of the in the gas station, there is a, a handwritten sign that says "Don't sit next to Dennis." Is it a bitten handwritten sign, Mikey? Does <laughs> <laughs> a chomp out of it? Yeah. I mean, that would be descriptive. It would, you know? yeah. Because what happens is he holds his hand out to like put her there, which one, no humans shake like that, and so Dennis bites his hand, which it's presented as this kid is on the spectrum, which I don't think is something we were talking about kindly back then, too. And I'm sure he is. Is on the spectrum, but he's also doing the right thing when a stranger walks up to you and initiates a conversation and then tries to exactly. initiate physical contact with a child. Right. And so guy with baseball bat comes out of the store yes. and like, what the fuck? Everybody knows not to sit next to Dennis. Yeah. Does everybody know that guy with a baseball bat? Exactly. Although you should know, don't go sit down right next to a stranger child. I mean, that is true. But Ryder immediately demonstrates that he's very stupid because instead of going to a (laughs) sink to wash his hand, he walks, I don't know, a football field away to wash his hand in a goddamn river. The store clerk told him there's a stream out back you can wash your hand in. But that doesn't mean you have to. No, it does not. You could just go to a sink anywhere. Yeah, that's Woods 101. Yeah. Spit on your hand. That would be cleaner. But then we walk into this store, and this store is crazy. I did yeah. like that they cast the guy who actually owned that store in this movie to play the guy who owns the store. You could tell you because he's a Claus? terrible actor. Yeah, Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Is it really the store owner? No, but he is just a terrible actor. So you have to assume they just found him and were like, hey, I, I, I liked him. Would you mind? Oh, Mikey. Mikey says right before we talk about him using the N-word. That's not why I liked him. (laughs) Tell it to the judge, Mikey. I liked his weird voice. Do you like him because he brings you presents once a year? No, because he's like, that woman knocked down the the jars and then I had to take her out back and put her with the wet cloth because she almost got the Vespers. The Vespers? I don't know. Does he say Vespers or does he say Vapors? Mikey, really quick, without looking it up, what is the definition for Vespers go? I don't. I plead the fifth, Your Honor. (laughs) Under advisement of my attorney, I will be exercising my Fifth Amendment right. (laughs) To not dictionarily incriminate myself. Right. This guy is talking nonstop in their store, though. And then we casually find out that he's racist. Yep. Because they ask him what the gun is for. And then he says. It's for the N-word. Yeah, I'm going to let you say it, Jen. Absolutely. Which is just so jarring. I think, and and correct me if I'm wrong, both of you, because you saw it around this time it's super jarring now i'd imagine it was even jarring back then when this came out this word is always jarring that's the whole thing yeah 
I don't think this joke landed in theaters. I don't think it landed in the home box office. <laughs> it, and that's kind of the defiance I was talking about. It's like, he's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to say this word in my movie if I want to. And then I'm going to turn it into a joke. And I don't care that the joke doesn't work and it's stupid and that it's try hard. I'm still going to do it because I'm extreme and I can get away with it, you know? And I feel like this is a situation where it was not good at the time and has aged even more poorly. Yeah. And outside of the word, because I don't want to say like if the joke was funny, it would be okay because it wouldn't be. But like it's the joke is stupid. You mean too. the joke at the end? Yeah. Like this. What are <laughs> he, you doing? I feel like this whole script was written in math class, and all the S's were those those S's you would draw out in school on the script. The Superman like, S's. This is my. I'm not gonna pay attention to math class. I'm gonna write this fucking edgy movie. This is it, man. Well, fun fact about when this was written. Oh wait, wait. Can I take a guess? Yeah. So Eli Roth is original Florida man, and he wrote this in a two week bender while doing math. Okay, so we've got original Florida man <laughs> and sci- and math class drawing S dude. Messed up yeah. original Florida man, yes. And not college prep math either. Not uh, good bull hunting math. No, yeah, no, no, no. Like, yeah, no. no. Like, I because just Eli my- Roth, this is it your is fault. your fault. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's yeah. a good joke. <laughs> Holy shit, that's definitely saying. All right, so Jen, <laughs> give us that fun Woo! fact. All right, so Eli Roth was a production assistant on the film Private Parts. Holy shit, yeah. Yeah, so his job was to wait around and make sure Howard Stern woke up on time. <laughs> and so he would write this while Howard Stern was asleep and then wake him up and then they would go make the movie. So, Well, yeah. there you so go. There's kind of some overlap into those things, you know. Okay, so then the guy with the bat comes out as they're walking to the car. And yeah. turns out Bert, who I was still calling Green Hat at the time, stole a Snickers bar. Oh, my God. And guys... Oh, yeah. He did it all for the nougat. Oh, my God. The what, Jen? He did it all for the nougat. The what? The nougat. What? So you can take the Snickers. So you can take the Snickers and stick it in your mouth. Stick it in your mouth. (laughs) Stick it in your mouth. I'm sorry. This is, yeah, you're right. This is a lot more like Limp Biscuit than Creed. This is like if Limp Biscuit wrote a movie. So this this movie would be like if Fred Durst did meth in Florida in high school and wrote this movie. I think he did all of that. He just didn't write the movie. No, he destroyed rock music. You're right. That's what he did. Bert was annoying in the car. Fifth real friend. He put his head on there shoulder it's like uh, 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 lovable idiot mikey if i was stuck with you and you had a date and i was like stuck in the backseat of your car i would do that shit to you i didn't hate bert until like right now now yeah Yeah. exactly this is and then like for the rest of the film he just does worse stuff than this yes Uh uh-huh well okay so they're driving down this road and they get to a fucking puddle and they're like oh no what do we do we're in a puddle oh let's keep driving down this exact same road do you mean where it's (laughs) moderately wet and they decide to back up through it and then drive through it again and then stop right in the middle of Uh, it to look at the map yeah Yeah, i know i was like is this Uh, supposed to be like a a raging river there's like it reminded me of that scene in robin hood men in tights he's like i'm on the east bank i'm on the west West bank Bank. (laughs) but it looks like someone just like took a hose and sprayed it down for 15 minutes and then the car drove through it all right so they get to the cabin and terrible couple who i was calling them at this point because i didn't know their name starts hooking up immediately which i'm not super annoyed by they don't even have the conversation of who's gonna take what room they just walk into a room don't lock the door and then immediately start fucking and then of course 
because Ryder wants to like uh-huh. invite them to go to the lake. He doesn't assume that they went from zero to naked in two seconds. So he opens the door and says, hey, do you guys want to? Uh. Uh, and then sits there for five minutes looking at them. There's a quite a bit of evidence that Ryder uh, is quite the pervert. That is fair. But I don't think it's realistic to think your friends went from walking in the room to boning in three seconds. Unless you know these I know you've never had cool friends before, but... (laughs) Wow. I feel personally attacked. (laughs) Wow. And clearly I have not. Okay, and so I do want to say, for a while, I did really like Marcy. Or I I say I really liked her out of this, like, cesspool of stinkers that I couldn't find anyone to like. Because she's, like, she's into sex. Like, she's wanting to, like, do... Like, she's not... I don't feel like she's being taken advantage of. I feel like she does some things. She's pretty proactive. There's a point in the movie where I decided I did not like her anymore, and we'll get there. But I do want to say, I did like her at this point. And this couple just annoyed me, and I think they're kind of terrible assholes, but they weren't doing anything to like really make sure. them angry yet. Sure, Although sure, they sure. will. Yeah. Um, and then they look up and Green Hat's got binoculars right outside the fucking door. I hated this because it just fundamentally shows that the director of this movie does not know how binoculars work because he's too close to be using binoculars on anything that's inside oh, that room. I thought he was making a joke in the movie. Oh, did you? You didn't think he was like a peeping Tom freak? Okay. No, I thought the main character who I'm supposed to empathize with was the peeping Tom after he stayed watching them for like a minute and a half <laughs> in the room. Mm-hmm. And then Bert had, the, Bert had the binoculars and was like knocking on the window. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. So I thought well, he was making a joke. So fun fact, if you look closely, Bert actually has the binoculars turned around, which makes things further away. Wait, does so he? when you're that close, no, I don't know. Oh, shit. But actually, okay. the proper way. Because I would believe that. This movie is that insane. Like, I would believe that. <laughs> Yeah, like I will sit right next to you while you hook up with binoculars the wrong way so it's like a normal amount of space right. in between So us. I feel like I'm far with- enough away that you can't see me, so I'm fine to right. jerk it while you're doing this right next to me, yes. Yeah. That's it- a real Mikey <laughs> move right there. <laughs> no. But now Green Hat <laughs> wants to go kill some squirrels. Why does he want to kill squirrels? I, I don't know, Jen. Uh, but did you see his hat? His hat says F you on it, which I <laughs> feel like is a subtle message from the director to everyone watching this movie. Yeah. Okay, so they, they get to the lake. That one couple goes to hook up. Ryder and his, now we know she's not his girlfriend. Right, but he's yes. into her. Yeah. He's in, uh, obviously. He's yes. a good guy, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to go swimming at the lake. And then Bert, who has no hobbies, is like, I just want to go fuck shit up. And then yeah. he yeah. does. Yeah. He says he wants to kill squirrels because they're gay. And I know he's being stupid and making a joke. He said that, Jen? Yeah, the girl's like, why do you want to kill squirrels? He's like, uh, I don't know, because they're gay. Wow. This- now- yeah, did you guys miss that? Honestly, yes, I did miss that, Jen. And thank God I did, because I had to watch Ooh. the rest of this movie. Now they're going swimming, and it's like incel friend's own bullshit. Ryder and like. Karen? Her name is Karen. Yeah, it is Karen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if she had just worn a mask, she'd have been fine. Oh, okay. There's a whole nother level of like watching this where we are right now that we can get to yeah, later. No, yeah, no, I know. This scene really bothered me too, and I don't think it would have bothered me back when I watched it. I would be like, oh, No, look. but it'll bother you now because you know what good guys, quote unquote, are. And he starts off mm-hmm. talking to her when they're swimming by... How long have we known each other? 
Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I think, the problem with this, because I got a lot of problems yeah. about the friend zone that could we could go off on a whole rant. I'll just bottom line it for you, Jen. The friend zone does not exist. It is a mm-hmm. thing that men create and put themselves in. And if you don't want to be in the friend mm-hmm. zone, walk away, bro. Have some self-respect. Don't. Learn yeah. how to treat women like people and how to have yeah. proper boundaries, you know? And accept that some women aren't going to like you. And that yeah. doesn't, like, it's a way for men to blame women yes. for not getting it's to date the girls that they bullshit. like. Yeah. The problem I have with this is that Karen is written as using that to her advantage. Okay, I'm not defending friend zone, but I will say I've had to talk to female friends and be like, you are using me for emotional needs that go beyond normal friendship and like and then it's making me have romantic feelings and I we have to I have to draw a strong yeah. bond here and be like we can't be friends but that's how you handle it yeah it goes it yeah. does go both ways i'm just saying like people it's all about setting boundaries yeah absolutely but yeah, that's but, but that's you have you to have strong, yeah. i mean like and boundaries is really hard especially yeah. for me because uh, uh but I, I that's my thing but i mean like you have to draw strong boundaries and it can be one person or the, or the other and or, or it could be both but like it's not healthy for anyone yeah i mean and you're technically right mikey the friend zone could go both ways it, well guys do it to girls guys do it to girls that's what too, i'm saying so I'm not, I'm, it, it yeah, could right, go right. both ways it's all created by the person who feels slighted because someone who doesn't have romantic feelings for them they feel entitled that that person should and that's bullshit exactly. because the mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. who they want to have like them has their own agency and can uh-huh. like who they want to like. And so my problem with the friend zone is because I feel like that happens and men continue to do that and then blame the girl for doing yeah, that. Right. When they're the ones who can just say, no, I don't want to come over anymore because you won't go out to dinner with me. Yeah. You know, like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to fulfill this need for you if you're not going to fulfill my need. But you don't even have to say it like that, Jen. You could just say, hey, are we dating or are we just friends? And if she says we're right. just friends... Then you either stop talking to her altogether if you can't just be friends with that person mm-hmm. or just be friends with that person and go hit exactly. up Tinder to find somebody else. Right. Hey, Mikey, do you remember that, yeah. that girl who would only invite you over when she wanted you to set up furniture for her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so when I look at the, this couple, and like I don't necessarily think he's doing anything really wrong because, I mean, it is also human nature to have a crush on someone and be afraid to tell them. You oh, know? no. I mean, this seems great because he just he just like has terrible game and strikes out immediately and over and over again. And I like that part because he was terrible. (laughs) And it's okay for her to kiss him and not want anything else. (laughs) Uh, But Jen, I thought we were kissing right now. Boys, men, women, everybody. If someone kisses you while you're swimming and then they get back in the water to swim, Go fucking swimming. Don't like try to talk about it. Just enjoy the moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> he he legit ruins the moment right here. He's like, right? Uh, I thought we were like making out. And she's like, yeah, but yeah. we're not anymore. Get over it, nerd. I wanted to make out in the water. Why are you yeah, out in the no, water? She, she like got in the water. And I was like, to me, that was like a flirty move. And he's I like, thought it was too. Right? I, I thought it was a chase me, chase me kind of get in the water. Yeah, yeah I did too. Yeah. And then he like mopes about it. And I was like, oh man, this is why she does not like you. Although I will say, if Corey ever kissed me and then fell into the lake, no fucking way I'm chasing him because you don't know what's in that lake. We went canoeing on our anniversary and I had like a super serious talk with him. I was like, look, do not fucking tip this canoe over. I am not going <laughs> to think it's cute. If we fall in the water, I will be terrified and I will kick you. That's yeah. why, unless I'm in a committed relationship, I just kayak. We have separate kayaks. Yeah, because you want to be able to ghost the other kayak. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta. <laughs> I just paddle really quick. <laughs> we have to say one more thing about this scene, though. Go. Because he was like, but I have feelings for you and I thought we were kissing. And she was like, what are you, gay? Yep. Oh, Everyone yeah. talks like an eighth grade boy. Every yeah. single character. Yeah. All right, so now, 
Well, Green Hat Bert is looking for woodchucks <laughs> to murder. Oh, and he lights this super dangerous fire. And I remember looking at this and I was like, you're going to burn down the whole woods. And I do like that they address that later. But so he sees the guy in the ditch and it's the guy from the beginning and he's starting to look a little more gross. Yeah, he's got like sores and stuff on him. Yeah. Right. And he's starting to come towards Bert and he's saying, I need water. I'm sick. And Jen, you missed it. He thought the guy was a chipmunk and he shot him. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He shot at him and. No, he hit him. He, he literally him. shot him. Yeah. <laughs> the guy pops out. He goes, why did you shoot me? <laughs> Bert's like, I thought you were a squirrel. <laughs> How? Because Bert's an idiot. That's very true. So the, like, the, guy, the guy crawls out of the trench. And he's like, why did you shoot me? I'm sick. I need help. I need help. And then right. Bert's like, stay the fuck away from me. And then shoots into the ground and then pushes the guy into the trench and runs away and never right. tells anyone else about it and ever again. And doesn't like try and get him help. Right. Doesn't do right. anything. Bert is the worst. I hate Bert yep. so much. Oh my gosh. So he goes back to the camp and now they are <laughs> mad at him for lighting such an unsafe fire and yeah. basically trying to burn the because camp down. Because he started a fire in a circle around the <laughs> fire pit. I know. But the two friends are like, what were you shooting at? He's like, oh, I don't know, squirrels. Let's go inside. Right, right. Like the before that guy that you see out of the corner of your eye gets here. Oh, yeah. Because the guy that Bert shoots and is sick does even mm-hmm. say, and he points like just off screen, is that your cabin? Uh-huh. So he's like just behind the cabin that they're staying at. Now we're at the campfire, which also made my head explode for like five different reasons. <laughs> oh, is it because nothing that happens in the campfire makes a difference in the rest of the movie? They just put yep. the campfire scene in because they were like, I don't know, five minutes short on the runtime they wanted. So they had yep. them all sit around a campfire and talk about sort of like weird stories that never really happened and waste your time. Is that why mm-hmm. you didn't like the scene, Jen? No, 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 no. It sets up the really important characters of Dr. Doomsdog and uh, Grimm, the guy who has marijuana, which is his personality trait. Oh, you mean Eli Roth's cameo? Yeah. I hated Grimm so much, I looked him up, and then I saw it was Eli Roth, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Well, he's got two cameos in this section. Oh, does he? He does. Okay, so we're talking about this story, this trauma story, which pissed me off. Oh, is it because it's not his trauma story? He's telling a trauma about someone else as if it was traumatizing to him? But Todd, that was his childhood playground. How dare you? Oh, my God. It's like a bowling alley in his neighborhood had a My Favorite murder story yeah and he's traumatized by it now look secondary traumatization is a real thing and i don't want to minimize that yeah but he's clearly not traumatized because he's laughing about it and he and jeff the 40 year old guy who's come with them on this trip are like joking about how funny it was the one connection i do think is that they're all in a circle watching as this guy like like bonks this guy them with a ball peen hammer and kills them so i do think the box is an interesting choice of word there jen what bonk you're just like very serious you're like you know this i think that what really connects this scene is that the guy goes around with the ball pin hander and boinks them in the back of the head (laughs) yeah i mean it doesn't make a squeaky squeaky sound but the reason i think it's funny uh mikey and kurt if i'm wrong is because it sounded like a mom describing like an injury that happened to her son while he was playing duck duck goose (laughs) yeah but what it is Uh is a murder that took place in a a circle getting murdered with a hammer yeah right Oh, so like they were just like getting bonked on the back and like they had to watch each other get bonked. They had to watch their friends get bonked. <laughs> I think the connection he's trying to make is is watching all of your friends die. Like yeah. I think that's, but I, I think it's so off that it just, it doesn't work. And then he talks about a guy, like somebody was bowling with body parts and they found the guy's head and the whatever. The ball return, And that yeah. head, that guy is Eli Roth too. 
Oh, is it? It's Grim? It is. I like Grim coming up to the fire because he's like, I'm from a campsite like 30 minutes away. I'm just wandering in the woods with my dog in the middle of the night. Uh, can I like hang around? And they're like, um, your dog seems really aggressive. They're like, um, how about you fuck off? And he goes, oh, I guess I'll just smoke all this weed by myself. And he takes out like mm-hmm. a pound of weed. And they're like, you can come to our fire. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Hang right. out. Exactly. Great. Yeah. Hey, bring that weed over. Now, I will say there are two parts that I did like. And this is one of them when they start smoking weed, Jen. <laughs> no. um, it was two parts, but I did like they were really trying to make this my dog is a doctor or a professor at being a dog joke. Oh, and I feel wow. like that could have been a great joke, but it's so terrible here. So I think in my head, oh, I yeah. just imagined it being really funny and delivered well. Is, yeah. Is it because he goes, yeah, he's a professor. Fuzz! Okay, and now as a person who has said face a lot of times. <laughs> you feel personally attacked, yeah. <laughs> I did. I was like, somebody gets me. <laughs> and that somebody is Eli Roth, Jen. Let that sink in. Oh, what's happening? <laughs> we are on the darkest timeline, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, God. I also like that Eli Roth's character set next to the blonde girl. And then <laughs> Bert turns the writer strong. He's like, I bet he's going to fuck her. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god yes and she does kind of flirt with him and then he's like oh it's starting to rain i better go back to my campsite and she's like you can come back if you bring your weed and i was like everyone is terrible i thought that they were just asking him to come back because he had a pound of weed yeah yeah also i think she was kind of into it too well, her choices were burnt and pervert and that's her choices <laughs> right now that's so she's fair. gonna take grim you know at least he's a dog guy yeah, he was in the X Games, guys. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, have you seen his <laughs> So now they're back in the cabin, and there's some kind of stupid bet about them drinking only beer for the rest oh, of yeah. the Oh, yeah. I actually think that happens yeah. at the campfire, and it's between Jeff, the 40-year-old guy, and Bert. Uh, and they're like, well, then you and I can only drink beer the rest of the trip, which is going to save their life. Because the yeah, water, bit, yeah, yeah, because the water is what poisons them or whatever. It gives them the, the disease. But yeah, so they go back into the cabin when it starts to rain. And then Bert is laying on the couch, rubbing a beer against his dick, telling some story. And I literally wrote in my notes, there isn't an amount of money in the world that would get me to play Bert's character in a movie. Oh, my I God. I just felt so bad for the guy playing Bert in this scene and for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Because he had to do this for not much money. And he's talking about the story about his dog licking his balls and sticking oh, his tongue. Shit. And- oh, shit. That's, that's right. right. That's right. You're right, Jen. Uh, you know. And so, good writing. Like you do. Right. Uh, and so then there's, but it's also right before the girls are talking about this dirty sex that they're having. It was uh, the blonde girl talking about their parents' shower massager. Right. That she's having sex with. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's so telling this like super scandalized story because like all she really does in this movie is she is somebody to save or she's somebody to tempt right or strong or she's somebody to like tempt other guys wait are you saying this movie doesn't pass the Bechtel test um I don't think it does that's honestly a shock I think it does I think they talk about they they talk about eating when she goes to deliver food out to the shed she doesn't respond so it doesn't count oh that's right (laughs) can't count it Somebody call Jamie Loftus at the Bechdel Cast podcast and we'll find out. But I don't think it does. Now they hear a knock at the door and it is the sick guy Mm -hmm. from before. And he's just asking for them to help him because he's sick. Right. And then Bert comes up, Mm -hmm. slams the door and is like, "Uh, we can't help this guy. He's super sick and I shot him. Not before the guy goes, that's the guy who shot me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's fair. They're saying like, we should help him. We need to go get him like a blanket. Like there was a part of me that was like, okay, it's okay for them to want to keep him outside and want to keep him away because they don't know what he has. 
that's fine. But you could also give him a blanket or you could try to call for help or you could try to talk to him and find out what's going on. Bert doesn't want to do any of that because he shot the guy. But... Or we could just murder him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so the next thing that happens is that he's in their car. He legit hot wires the car. Like it starts. Yeah. The car is and running. And he's getting germs in their car, which like yeah. watching this now, I did get that. He is throwing up all over that fucking car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's throwing up blood in the car. Yeah. Right. Which if they had just said, hey, stay on the porch, we'll get you help. But we don't want to get sick either. I feel like that's a legitimate response to this. And that's not what they do. Yeah. Jeff, the asshole, he's like trying to poke him. But he, it's like he doesn't want to actually poke him. He's poking the back of the seat. He's sitting in at times. And I think he really just wanted him to get out of the car. Yeah. So we don't have to deal with this. Yeah, anymore, he, he is not know? hitting him. He's hitting the back of the, the yeah. seat. Yeah. And then Bert shoots at the car twice. And so now the girls have raid and a lighter or something. The girls have raid and they're spraying it at him. And they have a stick there too to like keep the guy away from them. But then Ryder comes over with a stick from the fire that they and made earlier. Yeah. Anyway, so they end up lighting the guy on fire. Yeah. And he just flails off and somehow manages not to burn down the entire <laughs> forest. I felt bad for that guy because he got sick somewhere in the woods. We don't really know why yet. And then he gets shot mm. by the biggest asshole in the world, <laughs> then goes to right. a cabin to ask for help, and they set him on fire. And shot yeah, at I him. did kind of feel bad He's for him. He's the only person in this movie that I feel bad for. Yeah. Oh, and in the process, they beat the car and the and they destroyed the car, kind of. Yep, they did. so the car's all messed up. So now they're trying to figure out what to do, and Karen wants to call the cops and it's just kind of a clunky version of I know what you did last summer you know except there's no reason not to call the cops because the guy obviously had like malaria and then it was really scary and then they accidentally lit him on fire I mean it's easily explained I do think it's easily explained by self-defense. But so they're saying they're going to report the accident because that's what it is. Yeah. Um, the next thing that happens is it's morning and the car has gross shit all over it. And so Jeff and Bert are going to go somewhere and get help. But apparently they haven't talked to anybody else about this plan because <laughs> now Ryder Strong didn't know he was supposed to stay with the girls. Oh, and they're also mad at him for fucking up the car when they were also fucking Everybody up. fucked up the car. Every one of the boys fucked up the car. But yeah, exactly. so like, they don't tell anyone about the plan and then marcy just like bones out and she's like i'm gonna go get help and i was like thank you marcy take right. some initiative yes. yeah and this is partly when i liked her character yeah, sure yeah. i liked her character at this point too yeah i was like okay she does not give a shit about what anybody else says she's gonna go do what she thinks is right i think i know why i like this character oh uh, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. all right so now we have dead guy in the water yes and um we see a shot of the pipe so now we know that it's in the water right and then we see karen getting a glass of water yeah because of course all the water systems run right from the lake directly to the house there's no filtration so everyone's definitely gonna get sick it's water science oh my god this made H2 me so mad flow, if you will. <laughs> oh wow so now we know it's in the water and karen's also mad at Ryder for lighting the guy on fire as if he wasn't doing it to try to protect her but she lets go and she's like hey i'm just traumatized I like, yeah, I like, yeah i like this moment because it was so stupid yeah <laughs> she's like you like killed him and he's like i don't know like i accidentally lit him on fire and like i still like you or whatever and she's like mm. I know. And she hugs yeah, him I know. and I was like, I'm just not in the mood to smash right now. Which yeah. I think it's okay. Even if you were planning as Karen in this situation to be like, you know what? This may be Paul, who's writer strong, and Mai's weekend to actually sort of make things official. Because I know we both like yeah. each other. I think that yeah. even after you sort of set it up, on the first day you're there, you kiss, you have a little flirty, flirtation stuff, and then later that night you murder a guy. I think that might put things on hold for the rest of the weekend. Until you yes. process the trauma of murdering somebody. 
Right. Plus, yep. she's still waiting for Grimm to come back with that weed. Oh, that's too. true. Yeah. She's like, that Ben Stiller lookalike, oof, he could get it. <laughs> so, Ryder Strong gives her a glass of water while they're yeah. having this thing, which is a little bit of water shadowing. Yes, so it is. H2 shadowing. That doesn't quite work as well, but I'm still going to try. Yeah, we're still going to force it, guys. We're, we're like Ryder Strong in a minute. We're going to force this joke. Ugh. It's a storm cloud of rain water. Wow. God dang it. Mikey, you, <laughs> you started that like you had it, and then it was clear you didn't, and I loved it so much. You got to just go with it. Just commit. Okay, so now Bird and Jeff get to a farm, and there's a woman bleeding a pig, and I was like, are they going to make me watch them murder a pig? She, like, cuts the pig and then starts punching mm-hmm. it like she's working in a butcher shop in Rocky One. And then unloads a bunch of exposition all over everyone. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, strangers, I can't eat this. I want me a new hog. This is a sick <laughs> hog. They do eventually go inside her house because she's got a phone that yeah. they can use or whatever. And she starts yeah. to be actually helpful. She is. I think once she realizes they're renting this house. Yeah, absolutely. And then she starts to be helpful and take them in mm-hmm. and whatever. And then they notice that they murdered her cousin last night. Right. Who I also assume, based upon her accent, was her husband. And then she... Um, that was a very large picture of him by himself in her house. Right. Does anybody else have cut pictures that big of your cousin framed in your house? No. Um. Well, fun story. Oh, so- wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> Guys, if it wasn't clear we recorded this in the South, it is now. <laughs> but anyway, because they realized they murdered her cousin husband... They bone the fuck out of there really quick. Right. They're like, oh, uh, uh, we got to go. It's a nice morning. Uh. We'll just walk into town. Exactly. I do like after that scene, Marcy is canoeing back to town in low rise jeans. And a lot of makeup, which I don't want to judge what you're wearing. But I was like, man, that is not how I camp, guys. Look, some people may have only bought low rise jeans for their cabin trip. And maybe they're still wearing the same makeup from last night because they murdered. That's true. But here's the thing. (laughs) No life jacket. No. Also, where did she get a goddamn canoe? She stole that canoe from somebody. <laughs> yeah, and it, is it a lake or is it a river? It changes from lake to river like four times. It does. I think it's a reservoir, right? Which, don't canoe in people's <laughs> drinking water. So she gets to a house and she sort of breaks in. And then there's a, a jump scare where Bert and Ernie, her boyfriend, jump out and scare her. And then at this point, they should have been like, let's all three go into town. Or let's all three call someone from the phone that's on the wall. Yes. Yeah, of the house we broke into. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I liked about this scene is them talking, and they're like, what What are the cops just going to show up at the cabin? Jump cut right. to Ryder answering the door at the cabin, and it's a cop who's 17 years old. Uh-huh. Yeah, with the pencil mustache. That he drew on that morning, yeah. I like this guy. I was like, this guy is a guy who could be right at home as the sheriff of a Mikey movie. <laughs> you like Scream? Do not you say him and Deputy Dewey in the same <laughs> sentence, Todd. I mean, do no. look out with a lot of high schoolers, Jen? No, Deputy, has a heart, Deputy Dewey has a heart of gold. This guy is a gross pervert. So now this terrible deputy who says the word, I think they counted he says the word party like probably 20 times. That I would think. not surprise me. I thought it might have been more. One thing he does say is everyone around here uses radios. Um, and then he sees the trash truck and he says, looks like there was a wild party here. Ugh. And then Ryder's like telling him what happens. And he's like, we had no other option than to get rough. Also, the car is completely destroyed and covered in blood. It looks like a, it looks terrifying. I did love the cop walking over to it while talking to about parties or whatever. Uh-huh. And he's like right next to the car for like, I don't know, 30 seconds. Then he goes, 
oh shit, they really fucked up the car. Like it mm-hmm. took him that long to notice that car is beat up to hell and covered in blood. He's a he's horrible like, cop. I, he's terrible. We're a party town. No, you're not. And then Karen comes out and he's super creepy with her too. Talking about like five pounds of dingling meat. He's like, yo, what's uh, what's Karen's deal? She's single. What's her deal? Right. I feel like he's the kind of person you find out had a lot of shit on their hard drive they shouldn't have later in life. And you're like, oh, that Uh makes sense. Yeah. That's why he went into law enforcement. Yeah. All right. So we get a little flash of Karen being asleep and we see the ominous empty glass of water. So we know she's now got the virus. Karen went to sleep because she was feeling bad. Like she literally got it from the table. and We hear say, I'm I'm feeling sort of nauseous. So she went to lie down. Yeah. Bert and Ryder, they are cleaning the truck and this is when they have this conversation that kind of really pulled in the whole incel dynamic thing that I didn't like and so then Grimm's dog runs up to them he's like really aggressive and kind of scary he's really just yelling help my owner died from this weird disease and I need help right help and then they shoot at him, so he runs away. Well, the dog's pretty aggressive, yeah. Um, so. I speak dog, Mikey, and I'm pretty sure oh, that he, yeah, just like Eddie from Mammaltopia. I was just gonna say, welcome <laughs> to the podcast, yeah, yeah, Eddie exactly. from the Patreonicals. <laughs> this dog does eat like two people, though. That's fair. Yeah. So now they're talking about whether they should leave. Jeff wants to leave right now. They should leave immediately. They should leave. Yeah. This is when Karen says she's feeling nauseous. Yes. Yeah. And this yeah. is when, and she goes to lay down, and she's asleep, and this is where I start to not like Ryder Strong anymore. And I don't know if I can watch Boy Meets World again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, so apparently Marcy made some chili and every, she wants everyone to eat it, but nobody is interested. But so Ryder goes in to wake her up and gives her some more water. And in all fairness, Jen, if I had to just clean barf, throw up blood off of a car, the next food I want to see is not chili. Exactly. So yeah, I, I don't get care it. if that's the only thing you know how to make. Exactly. Yeah. Like just not into this. Right. Give me the beer. But so, meanwhile, all of this is happening. Jeff is holding the gun on the dog while Bird is trying to fix the car. And I thought that was just so weird. It was um, a very weird scene, yes. I think the dog is a really dumb character in this whole movie. But The professor? Like, His performance was rough, guys. Oh, <laughs> shit. Honestly, he's the best <laughs> actor in the movie. <laughs> he didn't go to eight years of bark after school. <laughs> to be. Guys, let's just put a pause on this. Oh, wow. Wait, hold on. It just struck me. This whole group of friends can kill a person without any second thoughts. But they've been over backwards not to murder this dog for like the whole movie. Yeah. So they're like 90% of the horror community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true. But in uh, all fairness, Mikey, they didn't mean to kill the guy. It was sort of a mistake because right. they were spraying raid and it caught him on fire. So anyways, Karen has asked him to stay and cuddle with her, which totally legitimate to ask. Absolutely. And also if they're kind of starting their relationship, so I could see that. He wakes up. And he, like, kisses her forehead, which, okay, I I will give you that. Sure. Then starts stroking her face, then rubbing her chest. And I just wrote in my notes, is she awake yet? No, she's not awake. I thought she was awake. Is she not awake? No. They never show her with her eyes open. She is asleep getting molested by this horrible, horrible person that the writer Mm -hmm. of this movie wants you to like. Yep. Oh, it's so good. Because I think you're right. Like, she is moving in ways that would suggest that she might be into this, but she has not given consent because she has not shown that she's awake. You cannot give consent if you're not awake. Absolutely. Jen, what is the worst implication of this scene? That he is finger banging a woman that is asleep or that he does not know what a vagina feels like because he's not actually fingering her. He's fingering Uh. the open wound on her thigh. 
Is this a parable about consent? Like you should get it or it'll this, kill you? Listen, or... I am not on a sermon on a mount. This is not a parable. <laughs> this is a legit question, Mikey. Guys, he's on Boy Meets World. Of course he knows what a vagina feels like. <laughs> <laughs> this is a ridiculous conversation we're having to have because of this movie. Yes. <laughs> now, I tell you, oh. for the amount of blood and gore that came out of those fingers, this is getting a little too much. But yep. he should have felt that real quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, he was just blinded by the fact that she had hadn't woken up yet and he was still getting away with it yeah and he still freaks out uh-huh and he still just... does not wake her up or tell her yeah fuck this guy yeah he's a horrible person he, he raised this woke her woman up and been like you're bleeding look at my hand <laughs> well he can't wake her up and tell her because he's committed a felony against her while she slept right and if he woke up and said oh look i'm trying to help you that's gaslighting uh, but, Textbook. Uh, yeah <laughs> my choices are I hope he's sexually assaulted her or this man is fingering an open wound. And like, I don't know where I want to go with this. I don't think those have to be your choices, though. Those are the only two possibilities, though, Jen. And that's not Mikey's fault. That's Eli Roth's fault. (laughs) Honestly, Mikey, I get what you're saying. But I hate everyone in this movie because of this kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah, I don't want to have this debate. I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> I don't want either of these things. To be. He should have gotten uh. the bed and like like spooned her tightly and then put his hand up and it was bloody. It could have been the same scene without any of this craziness. Or they could have been hooking up or they could have shown some kind of like awareness on her face yeah. and her being into it. I think that would have solved the whole problem is if she had just opened her eyes in this scene and given some kind of indication. Some sort of that, consent, that Jen. Happen. Yeah. Also, look, I've I've never murdered someone. What? Mikey, is this true? <laughs> this is true. But like, how horny am I going to be the next day? And also, if I am horny the next day, does that mean something's wrong with me? Jen, I have to talk to you about the podcast immediately. <laughs> What what is happening right now? Mikey has raised some questions. (laughs) Jen is leaving. Guys, Jen is walking (laughs) out of the podcast. This guy murdered a guy last night. The first thing he does is get in bed and finger a girl. Well, Marcy is going to give us some facts about that dynamic. And Mikey, how long have they been friends? Isn't he entitled to this? My God. It is that sort of attitude that this whole movie is pervasive with that makes me not like it. Yeah, I I agree. And (sighs) it's like, it's just in, it's like a seed in everything. Yeah. You know, it's like that he doesn't like these characters and that these characters are not good people. Right. And that they don't even really like each other, you know? It's not like it's always sunny in Philadelphia where no one's a good character, but it's still very funny and there's like a point to watching it. And like, it's clear that the creators of that show really love the audience. This right. is sort of the opposite of that. You hate everyone. Everyone hates you, and you're treated like an asshole for watching it. Yeah, there's just an anger that I feel in this movie that yes. is, I don't like. Yeah, and so now he, they all see, and they're making her stay in bed, and they're like, and she's screaming like, "Don't leave me!" Which I could understand being terrified. Yeah, well, you also see like a, this huge sore on her leg, you know. So we know that she is getting the boils or whatever they are that the sick guy from the porch had, you know. Oh, it's so gross. It is real gross. Speaking of dicks, Bird is being a total (laughs) asshole. He is the worst, yeah. Yeah, he is. And so they're locking her in that room, or they're not locking her, but they won't let her come out. And he's just yelling at everyone. Yeah. Um, and so then they're all checking themselves to make sure they don't have any spots. Yeah, on they them. literally they, are checking themselves in front of each other. So they all know they're all. And safe. they still don't go for help. And no, they, just they decide don't. to stay at the cabin. Yeah. Their solution now, and this part made me really sad, is we see them from like a distance, like bringing a mattress out to this terrible shed. Yeah. And her like walking out with a blanket. And it made me so sad for her. Yeah, they're going to 
to quarantine her. Well, like, who would do this? Because the, the room she was in is already infected. Just close that room up and keep her in there. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so what they say they're going to do, they're going to go get help probably like the next morning and that somebody's going to guard the door and be there the whole time. And then they immediately don't do that and don't guard the door. And so Ryder's wandering around in the woods with a bat. I guess they're going to get help now. Marcy brings Karen some food and she's like smoking in the dark and saying, I hope you feel better. Yeah. And kind of trying to let herself off the hook, which I mean, I can understand. I was still liking Marcy's character at this point. I was like, yeah, I understand you just not wanting to get this thing. Yeah. Now, Ryder's gotten to the house that they were at before. And I don't know why this part was in the movie because it's so stupid. Oh, you mean where he is looking for help and looks through the window and he's like sort of peeping Tom on this family. Uh And then this guy comes up to him with a shotgun and scares him off. Right. That has no connection to the outside story. It's like, what is the point of this? Other than just to have another naked girl in this movie. The only reason I would have liked it is if the guy had said, the guy with the shotgun had said to Ryder as he was running off, you owe me beef jerky or some shit that had tied it to the original break-in. That would have been sort of funny. But we don't get that. No, we do not. We just get peeping Tom Ryder coming back. He can't go go two hours without committing a sexual crime. And this... (sighs) Is the hero of the movie, according to the writer. Well, and so now we're back at the cabin. Marcy's continuing to try to force her chili on people. Yeah. Stop trying to make your chili happen, Marcy. Exactly. Well, And so this is the one time that I did kind of like get what Jeff was saying. Because he's like, what if Karen used those bowls? Like what if like there are germs everywhere? I let's just get the fuck out of here. I want to. Look, we should I, prepare our own meals. You I know. definitely think there's a cool movie to be made where like people are paranoid about germs and stuff like that. This is not it. But now Jeff and Bert are fighting because like Jeff's afraid of everything and Bert's just an asshole. And Ryder breaks it up and he's like, "Hey, we have to work together." Yeah, he's like, "What the fuck is going on? Stop it!" Yeah, right. Which I sort of liked. But like work together to do what? Then they immediately split up. Just walk into fucking town. I know the the solution is so easy and this is like what we were talking about how no one does anything that anyone would actually do in real life ever and this is sort of like that but i did like that this is the first time that you really see Ryder take initiative where he's not mm-hmm. also committing a sexual assault right oh. but we also notice that bird is has lost the bet because he's now drinking water right which is more water shattering. it is more water Although, shattering. yeah marcy said she rinsed she washed the bowls and so she washed them with that water so i mean theoretically they all have it now except i guess jeff who's only been drinking beer and Jeff is the only person to actually use a face covering like a mask and he doesn't right. get it. Wow. So, yep. It's a tale for our times. I know. How still gets- a group of idiots living in the same place doing terrible <laughs> things to each other could possibly survive a virus. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Well, and so now Bert's got in the truck working. So now they say it's time to go. So they go get Karen, but her legs are all bloody and they just like pick her up. And so I was thinking, I guess so now they don't care about quarantining her or getting it. I straight up would have left her in that shed and been like, we just have to go get help and get her because she looks terrible. <laughs> Which is, I mean, a reasonable thing to do, although maybe not the kindest thing you could have done. But I understand making that decision, except let her stay in the bedroom she was already in. Well, and so now we notice Bert is coughing up blood behind the truck. Yes. And checks his dick and there are some spots on no, it. No, yeah, he unzips his but... pants and checks his pants and he has spots he on does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now they're tr- they're about to get in the car and they're all kind of arguing because nobody wants to ride in the car with Karen, especially not Jeff, which I, again, I, I get. get. Yeah. And so she gets in the car and immediately starts puking blood all over yes. it again that I'm they out. just cleaned up. And Marcy doesn't want to leave Karen and they start to notice that Bert's looking a little sick too. And so Bert in his idiot rage just takes off with the truck and leaves them all there. Yes. But uh, I mean, honestly, they just need to leave. 
They need to walk out. But Bert yes. is already sick. He knows he's already sick. So he knows he doesn't have as much time as they others do. Right. right. So he mm-hmm. drives to the hospital or tries to get to the right. hospital at least. Jeff runs off with a six pack into the woods. Yes. That was the best um, move ever. Jeff taking the beer and running. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that um, and the face cover saves his life. It does. Yeah. But also, why did he come back to the cabin? Why does anyone ever come back to the cabin? I know. He left his sleep mask there and he just could not get a restful night right. in that bar. Have you tried it, sleeping so. without a, your eye mask, Mikey? It is exactly. just the hardest. How do oh you keep God. the cucumber slices on it? <laughs> anyway, so now inside the cabin. This is when I decided I don't like Marcy anymore um, because she's saying they're all going to get it. Have you ever? It's like being on a plane and you know it's going to crash, which, okay, I was like, okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. And then she says, and all you want to do is grab the person next to you and fuck the shit out of them because you know you're going to be dead soon. And then looks at Ryder and might as well say winky blinky. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) This is what Eli Roth Uh, thinks women are. Yes, Jen. It is infuriating, but also... Gives the wrong impression for young men who are like, you know, thinking that this might happen to them one day. Guys, this right. is never going to happen to you. No. Just like a heads up, Mikey, it's never going to happen for you. Well, I mean, like yeah. weirder things have happened to me. <laughs> I mean, I made out with my neighbor during a pandemic. And we were both like, it's a pandemic. Okay, but making out <laughs> is not what happens in this next scene. But I mean, I get the feelings of like, you know, we're single. And I'm not saying those feelings are wrong. And like, you are allowed to respond to trauma however you want. And some people might respond yeah, in that way. What I'm talking absolutely. about is like, this character is just so, was doing some positive things. And then he has to sexualize her. And that's what bugs oh, me. We had an actual conversation about it. And it was not as heavy handed as this fucking movie is. <laughs> yeah. right, and that's what I'm saying is he's right. just doing this to sexualize her because now we need another sex scene. right and my life is not a movie you guys didn't watch that yeah and we haven't seen her naked in 20 minutes jen so it's time to see her naked exactly again. yeah and th- this is the other thing that drove me fucking insane she says i don't need to use a condom i'm very healthy and then after he goes and like pours a bunch of alcohol on his dick so- yeah why would you not have safe sex here yeah i think it's what? mouthwash or whatever you know he, yeah he pours listerine on his dick yeah but i mean like just be like well you know there's a flesh-eating virus maybe we should like wrap it up which, yes, but I was like, what a gross way to shame her. Yeah. Ugh. It was one of those moments where I was like, ha, wow. <laughs> like, it was uh-huh. that sort of reaction. Yeah, it's not like funny, like witty. No. It's like funny, like, this is so terrible. Yeah. I'm giggling because I'm awkwardly responding to this. Yes. It, this really did bug me because I really liked Marcy until this point. Because if you look at the first scene, like, when they're having sex, like, she's into it. She's, like, enthusiastic. She, like, takes control at times. Like, that's a very sex-positive scene. And this one is so shaming her for being a slut you know like yeah she's coming out of the and it's just, it's so icky and gross and it's like they couldn't just have an empowered female character all the way through this movie we right. gotta shame her all right so now we're back in town and mikey i believe this might be your favorite scene yeah Bert's starting to look a little bit gross and we're back and dennis is sitting and i didn't catch this sign but i and guess it says don't sit next to kevin don't sit next to dennis sign is right yeah, there i thought that was pretty dennis, funny not kevin. i thought it was really funny too because um bert sort of gets out and he's like asking dennis something or whatever and then dennis stands up but starts yelling pancakes pancakes and then he mm-hmm. goes from dennis to mac real quick and starts throwing <laughs> some kung fu shit he's the nightman yeah oh Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, Dennis like attacks Bert and bites him again or whatever. And then uh-huh. I guess Dennis's dad from before comes Batman, and like I is, called him. 
Yeah, bat, yeah. bat man. <laughs> the man ah. with the bat, yeah. Yeah, he's saying, like, he's pulling back his hand, and he's saying, like, what if the doctors can't fix him? I already lost one boy. It's just the most bizarre dialogue. Yeah. He's saying, he's sick. That's his problem. We got to stop the problem. And he goes and gets a shotgun. And it's just, it's so weird. Yeah. And I don't like the pan- the boy yelling pancakes. I feel like that was kind of a minimizing yeah. somebody with a mental disability And then thing, the karate. Just, yeah. I have a fun fact about this karate, though. Oh, do you? Yes. So that was not written into the movie. But when they were rehearsing the scene, that kid is a black belt. And so, like, on breaks, he was just, like, practicing his karate moves. And the other author's like, hey, we got to use this. So I do like that. Like, that's just a part of who this kid is. So he is Mac from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I mean, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny. This guy, the store clerk, he's like, he's got a flesh-eating disease, and he gave it to our son. We got to kill him. So they right. go get the, him and his other people go get guns to hunt the k- kids in the woods. Like, none of this makes sense at all. And then it's Bert so drives back to the cabin. Right? Why? Why would you do that? Yeah, keep going. You got to that cabin. You know that other places in the world exist. I know. It's so dumb. So now Marcy is back in the cabin and she's saying, hey, you really fucked my back up because we noticed like some red handprints on her back. Yeah. And Ryder takes off because he's like, "Okay, this is weird. I don't know what to do. I've never had sex before. I got to (laughs) go. I mean, I guess he is getting some help. But Marcy's in the bathtub and we start to see that her back is bubbling. And while this is happening, Bert just kind of pulls over in the woods and then walks back to the cabin. It's so weird. He pulls over in the woods, walks back to the cabin, but beats the three sort of hillbilly quote-unquote characters that are driving there. Right, exactly. But now Ryder has gotten to the dam is what we see it is. And he sees the body floating. And for some reason, he can't just assume that this is a body and that's probably the guy he burned alive. He has to like lean down dangerously and turn him over and then falls in. I was like, why why does this even happen? He knows it's a body in the reservoir. Why would he do this? This part drove me crazy. And I really think it's just they wanted to have a gross moment. I think they wanted to have like a poltergeisty kind of moment where yeah. he's in the water with a skeleton. Right. This was really effective because I don't like being in like water. It's not like a swimming pool. So it really grossed me out. Same. Yeah. The problem I have with it is there's no reason he would have like dangerously leaned in. Like there's no reason for him to have fallen. It just drove me insane. Yeah. This is like when I started writing in my notes, the amount of time that was left in the movie. I was like, holy shit. Why is this still like happening why is this movie still a part of my life yeah so now marcy is she's in the bathtub and she's crying and shaving fuck man i hated this scene so much because why if you were in this situation would you think oh i really need to shave these legs i yeah and i mean you know do what you do that's fine now i will say this is one of the scenes that i do think is effective because it's super gross and i can allow it i just didn't need half of the other scenes so this is one of the ones i do think Fits the movie, fits the grossness, and it's also one of the more famous scenes in the movie. But so she starts, like, shaving the skin of her leg off, and it's so gross. It's disgusting. I, like, cringed super hard at the scene. So Marcy runs out of the cabin, or she walks out, and she's got her bathrobe on. Her legs are all bloody. And she notices that the dog is there, and the dog is trying to break into the shed because, of course, they said they were going to guard the shed, and nobody fucking did. So, (laughs) And the dog fucking eats her at the shack, and... Thank goodness they don't show it because I didn't want to see that, but it's just... mm. So Ryder gets back and he notices her body parts all over the place. Like her foot is just like by a log. It's the same foot from the bowling scene, but yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that, but I mean, that would make sense. It was foot shadowing. Oh, uh-oh. 
And so now the shack door is open and the dog is in there eating Karen. Yes. And so the dog starts running at him and he just happens to get to the rifle and then shoots the dog. Which yeah. Just wish this dog thing wasn't part of the movie, you know? Same. It's a weird part. I mean, the whole thing's weird, but it's a weird subplot. It is. Yeah. So now Ryder's going in to look at Karen, the love of his life. And I thought she was dead. <laughs> I thought she was dead, too. All the skin is gone from her face. and She looks like a they-live person. I, I literally wrote that in my notes. You're absolutely right. She looks like a colorized version of a they-live alien. Yes. And then, of course, mm-hmm. Ryder Strong says, oh, you are no longer beautiful, so I have to kill you with a shovel. Right. Yeah, even though you're probably already dead, I can't take any chance. Even right. though he's got a gun that could really put her out of her misery with a lot less pain. No. And right. you, you know he's not very strong because he has to hit her like 40 times. Right. Despite that being his last name, it is in fact not true with this character. <laughs> so now the rednecks are there. And yes, this guy, one of them has like a, I thought it was a brick for a while, but it's like a box or something. And we don't ever really find out what it is. No, that's the kit. They say at the gas station or whatever, when they're about to start chasing after Bert, one of them says to that big guy, it's the big guy who's holding it, he goes, get the kit. What? What is that? I don't know. It's the briefcase from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, it's nothing. It like doesn't matter because it oh. doesn't come up. Yeah. That's probably what it's supposed to be. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like it, it, it just never comes up because that guy gets screwed. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because the screwdriver. Welcome to the conversation. Wow, guys, come on. So the hillbillies get there, and they're, like, coming up to shoot the door down, like, break the door down. And so they actually Mm -hmm. do sort of break the door down, and then Bert is standing or sitting in this chair, and he Uh says something. Smile, you fucker. Yeah, something like that. Smile, you son of a bitch. And then they blow his head off, and then Ryder Strong hits the guy with the shotgun, And that guy does Mm -hmm. not practice gun safety. So he falls down and then shoots the main, the guy who Jen called Batman. (laughs) (laughs) He's less cool Batman. Yeah. And then he gets shot and then Ryder Strong comes out and screws the guy with the box. Right. He got screwed to steal Todd's joke. Exactly. It was funnier when Todd said it, though. I will give Uh. credit. Um, But... Okay, so now Ryder's running through the woods looking for Jeff, and he gets to a creepy cave in another scene that we don't need, yep. um, and he sees a <laughs> flashlight. Although this could have been creepy, I just didn't care at this point. Yeah, I wanted all of them to die. The only people that are left alive in our group are Jeff, who's an asshole, but like not horrible, I guess, and a yeah. sexual predator, Ryder Strong. So I don't right. I don't care if anyone lives at this point. And so what we find, he trips over something and we find out it's because he sees legs in the distance. And I guess he thinks it's Jeff's legs. But then he trips over the top half of Grimm's body. Yeah. But so he finds the Jeep in the woods and the keys are still in it. So he's driving away and he notices that he has a mark on his hand. And then when I became more enraged, he hits a deer. Why? I don't know. I guess to take the truck out of commission, but I was like, why you got to kill a deer now? Uh, But in all fairness, Jen, you know how those stuffed animal deers just will not get out of the road. (laughs) I know. And then they just keep like waving their robot arms in your face. Oh yeah, they just keep kicking their their little stuffed animal legs in your windshield until you shoot them out of your windshield. Oh, and then they spray their blood all over your face. Well, only after you go to check to see if it's actually dead yet. Does he shoot the deer again when when the deer outside no but he does go to check and see if it's dead and it is because it's a stuffed animal yeah and then the the truck engine dies 
Right. The truck uh, engine was like, I am out. Okay, so now we see creepy cops. <laughs> you mean uh, Winston? Uh, yeah. Who is looking for the underage drinking party by drinking with them? Right. And she's like, what the fuck? What, what happened to the tow truck? And Winston was like, yeah, I had to send another. It broke down. I had to send another tow truck to get it. Woo. Oh, yeah, but first he has to tell the girl next to him, the underage girl. He's like, you have really pretty hair and you uh, have really pretty shoes. Oh, man. This movie was written by an incel for incels. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But anyway, so like this is like setting up what it's like to be in the shoes of the sick man from the very beginning. Because yeah. he <laughs> is now sick. He is now covered in blood. And they're like, don't touch him. Like, And they're like aggressively about to hit him and stuff, you know, right? Right. Because they just got a call from the radio that said, hey, yeah. there are a bunch of kids on a killing rampage. And oh my God, I kept hearing, shoot all Santa's on sight. Shoot all Santa's <laughs> on sight. <laughs> that movie is so much better than this. Kill all college kids on sight. But he can't shoot him on sight because the gun's in the car. But so Guitar Guy takes matters into his own hands. And there, as he's like, the, the tension is mounting, Harmonica Man, like, considerately plays him some accompaniment music until he accidentally gets hit in the face by Guitar Guy. And then he swallows his harmonica. <laughs> and oh, my God. I was like, I, I, oh, okay. my God. Mikey loved this. I like this part. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite death of the movie. This is my, he was my favorite character. And you know what? That whole band, they reacted like a normal person would. They yeah. reacted fast. Like, you know, they, they did their best. Absolutely. Yeah. And then when he lands on the ground, he's like. <laughs> yeah. Well, you hear the harmonica it, going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and so now evil, terrible cop is saying, you ruined my party, man, because I guess he's just like a sociopath. Well, yeah, everyone is in this movie. And so Ryder Strong like hits him in the head with a stick because yep. I guess that's what you do. So now he's hitchhiking and he falls down to the road and a big truck comes and almost runs him over, but picks him up and drops him off at the steps of a hospital. And now he's in the hospital and he sees a fucking bunny in one of the hospital rooms, and it's so weird. And then he has these sweet visions of him walking through the woods with Karen and trying to manipulate her into loving him. <laughs> <laughs> and then a vision of her melty face, and I was just like, at this point, I was just kind of over it. I was like, all right. I'm yeah, with you. Whatever. And then he wakes up, and it's like doctors without any PPE on, like, hey, uh, you got some disease or whatever. I know. And I mean, if you had asked me a year ago what PPE was, I wouldn't have been able to say it, but it was something that stood out to me, you know? All right, but so now he's awake, and they ask him one question, and when he finally starts to answer, I guess they decide they don't really want to know, so they just walk out of the room. Yeah, they don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> also, we're not going to treat you or anything like that. Yeah. yeah we're going to throw you in the back of our cop car and take care of these. Oh, yeah. And we're going to have our most irresponsible deputy do it as well. Who has a head injury and probably a concussion. Also, you never see Ryder Strong in the back of his cop car because that was probably shot after the fact when they were like, oh, shit, yeah. we never sort of wrapped up what happened to the guy from Boy Meets World. Should we address that right. on some level? But they couldn't get him back because the season had started, you know? Well, they couldn't get him back because he was like, holy shit, this is a fucking horrible movie and I hope it never comes out. But he's like, <laughs> I'm just, just happy to be in a movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And so now it's the next morning, and Jeff crawls out of a barn. And I did like how the ivy was all over this barn. I thought that was cool. And I want to point out things that I like in this movie because I liked that barn and the ivy. Well, all right. So he comes back out. <laughs> I did like this part, though, because it does show that if you wear a mask, you can survive pandemics like this. Yeah. Still going to get shot by the cops. Though. Well, he only gets shot by the cops, Jim, because he's stupid and goes back to the cabin. And then starts right. yelling, 
I made it. I made it. Like he won a contest or something. Cabin Fever is like a reality TV show. And if you're the last one alive, you make a million dollars or something. Right. I hate this scene because his behavior is pretty consistent the whole film where he's like, this is a disease. Yeah. I've got to isolate myself, take precautions and try to survive. Why would he even come back to the cabin? He left his sleep mask there. (laughs) We've addressed that, Mikey. (laughs) But I think so... And so what's happening is he's seeing everybody. He's like, yay, I made it. And everyone I love is dead. And so hooray, but not me. And I only care about myself. But then he walks out and he gets shot by a bunch of cops. Yeah, he gets shot by probably 15 cops outside his door. Yeah. And then they start throwing all the bodies on the fire. 100% the police chief just is like, guys, let's wrap them up in carpets and throw them on the fire. Wrap it up, boys. We're done here. Uh No paperwork. Case closed. When there's a pandemic, we just murder everybody. Yeah, it's easy. It's easy, guys. It's one of those classic cases where they murder, suicide at each other, and then put each other in the fire. <laughs> classic All right. case, guys. You're right, boss. I'll leave the notebook right in the right in the living room. Wrap it up, boys. <laughs> and so now, speaking of wrap it up, we get to kids who are filling up uh, their cooler with water from the fucking river. And I said yeah. to myself, you deserve whatever you get for doing that. Because yes. that is gross. Yes, and you do gonna, deserve it. I mean, even if you don't catch cabin fever disease, you're going to catch a whole bunch of other bacteria and get dirt and rocks and tadpoles in your water. I think what you mean is in your lemonade, Jen, because they are right. the ones that are selling lemonade to the cops who murdered Jeff and then burned all the bodies. Nobody makes lemonade like that. <laughs> and then we see that natural spring water truck drive away. Right, down home spring water. That's what it is, yeah. The owner of the store is talking to the cops, but like, isn't his son Batman who got murdered as well at the cabin with like two other people? And he's pretty chill about it. Well, he doesn't know yet. Those kids' fathers are dead. Those lemonade kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were on the the rescue team. But so as like Santa Claus, like the cops are all buying the lemonade and I just write, ha ha, fuck you, which is about how I feel about this ending. Um, And this movie. Some black kids walk up and we see father time over there i can't believe you're actually gonna like talk about this like i i uh, hated this so much (laughs) it's i mean yeah this is the resolution to the joke we talked about the n-word joke before yeah i i I was like oh he's trying to give himself a pass for using the n-word in this movie a white man is trying to give himself a pass for using the n-word it's gotta be one of the weirdest most affronts of humanity I've ever seen in a movie, I think, in, in my life. <laughs> I just had to keep telling myself this movie was 2002, 2003. And it, it yeah, doesn't matter. Too. There are movies back then that are better. I, oh, I know. <laughs> it is very of its time, but also yeah. like this, I, this would have really annoyed me at the time. Sure. Too. I saw yeah. theaters and I was like, this movie, because it ends on this. This is yeah. how the movie ends. Yeah. With a hour and a half long inward joke. And that's, that's the, the movie. movie. Roll credits. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, give me some final thoughts. What do you guys think? This is probably not great. This is one of <laughs> the worst movies. probably not great? Well said, Mikey. This is probably one of the horror movies that I actively dislike. And I don't actively wow. dislike a lot of movies in general. No, I think anyone who's familiar with the uh, Mikey movie catalog <laughs> will realize right. that. Yeah. It's just so tone deaf to the point of 
just ridiculous. It's so terrible. It's just so terrible. It's like if you wanted to wrap up everything bad about that time period into one film, this is yeah. it. Jen, how do you feel about it? I see what they were trying to do. I see what he was trying to do. <laughs> right. I think there are some good moments. Like the gore is effective. The I think there are a lot of effective. really cool special yeah. effects. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And there are some scares. Yeah. And the concept of the movie I'm down with. And I love like Cabin in the Woods movies. Like I'm cool with that. I just think the way that it's written and the underlying anger and ickiness is just I can't get past it. For me, the only reason I could see this being a movie that is sort of beloved in the horror community. And I say that from sort of an outsider, just because I don't, I'm so scared Mm. by these movies. I don't really consider myself a fan of them. Although this podcast has sort of opened my eyes to some horror movies that I like, or at least Mm -hmm. can see as good movies. This is not one of them, but the only thing I could think that the reason this movie is beloved is that it's so bad. It's good, but it misses even that mark for me. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Because when you have so bad, it's good. There's a heart that has to be there. There has to be something that you like and enjoy about the movie. And I just don't feel like this movie, there's no heart to it. I think it's so bad. It's really bad. Yeah. But I I will say that I can understand if you like this movie because it's super nostalgic for you or because you think it's so bad it's good. It just does. I didn't see it when I was a kid, so it's not nostalgic for me. I will say that I think the gore is effective. The scares are effective, but I don't really like those things. It's sort of the premise of the podcast because they really affect me. Well, I don't think it's scary. I don't think it's scary at all. I just think Uh, it's people dying of a disease, but they're terrible. So like I kind of root like the disease was my favorite character of the movie. It's the best actor, too. And I do want to say because this was a listener request episode like if you love this movie that's great like more power to you you are more than entitled to your opinion i sort of think that this got picked because they wanted they wanted to make us watch it it could have been. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I just I just want to say these are our opinions and you are more than welcome. And and like we like talking about movies that we don't like too. You know, yeah. like I feel like there's a place for that. All that to say we love you patrons. I'm sorry we didn't like the movie we you chose. But we love you. We we in fact do love you. Yes. We love you. Just we're still going to be honest about the movies you make us watch. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> we don't want to pretend to like it. So yeah. Yeah. All right guys, let's do some box office. So what do you think the production budget for this movie was? Um, I think I may know, so I'm going to accuse myself from all budget talks. Okay, so Mikey, what do you think? $12 million? It was $1.5 million. So let's talk <laughs> about opening weekend. This movie opened on September 12th, 2003. Uh, what do you think it made in its opening weekend? Jen, do you know that? I don't know that. I'm going to say 40000 Okay. 15, 15 million. That's wow. So Jen, you think $40,000. Is that really slow? And, and Mikey thinks 15 million. So you guys like are on either side of it. It made $8.6 mm-hmm. million. It was the third movie that weekend. It was up against Once Upon a Time in Mexico was number one. Number two was Matchstick Men and then Cabin Fever. And it beat Dickie Roberts, former child star, Pirates of the Caribbean, Freaky Friday, Mm. Jeepers Creepers 2, Seabiscuit, SWAT, and (gasps) Open Range. Those were the top 10 movies the first week it was out. And it came in third. It made well more than its budget back in its opening weekend. All right, so we know it made $8.6 million in its opening weekend. What do you guys think it made worldwide at the box office? I think this is what I know. Okay, so Mikey, what do you think? $60 million. Okay, it made $30.3 million. God dang, I'm way off today. Okay. At the box office, yeah. So, I mean, on a $1.5 million budget, that is a lot of money. Yeah. To make. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge return on investment. 
for this movie. Apparently, he shopped it around for years trying to sell it, and nobody wanted to buy it. I understand why nobody would want to buy this movie. I do, too. Yeah, um, but so it premiered at TIFF, which is the Toronto International Film Festival, and did really well there. And so a lot of the production companies that had already passed on it, like, got into a bidding war about it. Wow, okay. Yeah, well, sorry, not to usurp into fun facts. No, no, no. I mean, that sounds like it's more in the fun fact realm, so we want to just jump over to Jen's fun facts. And so I kind of said this a little in the episode, but he they this was he wrote it around the time Scream was coming out, and that whole like meta '90s horror was really popular. And they kept right. trying to tell him make it more like Scream. They thought it was too gory, and they didn't like the use of the N word, like as bookends of the movie. Right? Yeah, I, I can see that. And I will say about Eli Roth, I'm not super familiar with him, but it was like around kind of when this came out, like he kind of kick-started a turn in horror, like the kinds of movies that were being made. And I think Saw is partially in this too, like kind of more into torture porn and more into like the more extreme yeah. violence. And there's probably a lot of socioeconomic stuff to say about that that I haven't really done a bunch of research on, but I think it's really interesting. It's just not particularly a style that I like that much, you know, not saying there's anything wrong with it, but but this was his first movie. It was inspired by a trip he took to Iceland He was when he was 19. Really? And he was, yeah, and he was okay. working on a horse farm and he got an, a skin infection from rotting hay and he said wow i know his face broke out into a bunch of sores and bled and peeled off when he was shaving oh. and so that's like the direct like inspiration but he said he said it didn't really hurt but it satisfied some weird itch which grossed me out. oh oh uh, yeah i mean honestly that scene is the scariest moment for me and it's not like scary scary it's just like uh, uh, ew. right <laughs> kind of a scene exactly yeah, I hated yeah it's it. really effective to me all of the moments are what the people do to each other and nothing to do with the disease. <laughs> yeah. That's fair, Mikey. Yeah. The audition for Marcy was actually on 9-11-2001. What? Oh, Jesus. And the scene they had chosen for that was when she's talking about being on a plane and knowing it's going to crash. Oh, my God. Which I think just represents the tone of this movie, you know? Yeah, I feel like And, that's... I mean, that wasn't intentional. They didn't do that on purpose. It was just a coincidence. <laughs> of course not, Jen. But it's just, like, there's a tone deafness to this movie, I feel like, that just kind of is really in your face. The that fact that after of... that happened, they still made them do that scene does suggest a tone deafness on account of the people making this movie, yeah. Well, and they did say they tried to can this, and I, and I don't know how much of this is actually verified, but he said that they tried to cancel the audition, but because Good. of all the chaos, they had a hard time getting in touch with people. So yeah. people still showed up and they still went on. And, you know, I mean, I give people a lot of grace for what happened on that day because it was just like Crazy nobody day. really knew it was going yeah. on. It really was. Um, but so the actress, Serena Vincent, I think I'm saying that right. Um, she refused to show her butt during the sex scene with Ryder Strong really? because she had been. She had, yeah. She'd been in Not Another Teen Movie, at, and she, I think she was naked in that movie or something, but she didn't want to be typecast as, like, a naked sex scene girl. Um, so she, like... Sorry, but, I mean, two sex scenes in this movie with two different people, she's naked. Well, okay, and so she got into a fight with um, Eli Roth, and she, like, threatened to quit, like, to walk out if he wouldn't. So they ended up having a compromise, and she shows, like, an inch of her butt. But then it's, she kind of made up for it later by, like, showing her boobs in another scene, which I just kind of, it was so, such a weird reading of that, which fits the tone of this movie, too. It was like, yeah. Yeah, yep, just, there you go. Jen's uncomfortable facts. That's the last, those are my last uncomfortable fun nice. facts. Nice. I think. Okay. Well, so the song Road Leads to Nowhere is playing on the radio, and that was a song written and directed for the L Last House on the Left movie. 
which was an inspiration for this. Um, there are some sequels called Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever, that was directed by Ty West. And this was, I think that was one of his earlier movies, but Ty West directed um, Ready or Not, I believe. He's one of those like mumble gore filmmakers, which I really like a lot. And I haven't seen the sequel, so I don't know. Apparently, Eli Roth had an idea for what he wanted to do and they weren't into it. So he said, okay, here you go. Do your own thing with it and kind of gave him his blessing to kind of take it in his own direction. That's kind of nice. There's a third one. Yeah, there is. Cabin Fever, Patient Zero, which I know basically nothing about sean austin's in it oh yeah samwise so the remake they made a remake that todd you actually texted me and said is this the movie yeah i, said, I oh, wanted to make sure I was, I was watching the right one yeah i'm glad you did so you didn't have to watch two me too jesus they use the exact same script for this really for the remake yes which and one of the reviews i read from the av club was like what's the point of this like there, this it doesn't make anything better. It doesn't change. Like they changed some of the stuff, but not in a good way. So while they were filming, apparently Ryder Strong went on a walk in the woods and the scene where he was covered with blood, and he ran into a group of schoolgirls on a field trip. Oh no! And they started screaming because he was like covered, covered in, blood. in blood. Yeah. And then they realized he was on Boy Meets World, and they started screaming because of that. <laughs> <laughs> and they like chased him through the woods, which I thought was so funny. Because I mean, we've given him a lot of shit in this movie, and I think that's the character. I do really like um, Ryder Strong. I think Strong. he's good, yeah. Peter Jackson, while filming The Return of the King, yeah. he stopped that production to screen this movie twice for the cast and crew. He loved it. And if you, like, Peter Jackson did a lot of super gory horror movies earlier in his career, so that doesn't super surprise me, but I just thought it was really funny. He invited Eli Roth to the set in New Zealand because he loved this movie. That is insane. So they had originally hired the dog from Black Dog. Have you guys seen that movie with Patrick Swayze? I haven't seen that movie, no. Um, so there's this movie with Patrick Swayze and it's got a dog in it and um, Eli Roth really likes Patrick Swayze and so he wanted to hire the same dog but the dog was too old and kind of arthritic so they ended up not being able to use any of the scenes because the dog just couldn't really oh. do it. I know. So they hired, they had to hire a new dog without like right on the fly without like interviewing the dog or like, right. you know, finding out if he did have a doctorate you know and so they hired a real police attack dog and this dog was so vicious that nobody could be on screen with him at the time so they were like hiding behind cars and using like remote control cameras because this dog was so scary to them i don't want to say as a dog lover like dogs are great and all breeds of dogs are fantastic you have to train dogs to do that kind of stuff you do yeah yeah bert has a shirt that says ripe on 61304 which is the date that the Olsen twins turned 18. And I just wrote in my notes, gross. Oh my God. So more fun facts. Necrotizing fasciitis is a real skin disease that is very similar to this. It's a soft tissue infection. I'm going to link more information about this, but it can destroy your skin tissues and muscle. It's a bacterial infection and it can enter through a cut, scrape, or surgical wound. So there's, and there, um, one of the crew actually had something similar to this. And he said a lot of the effects are very accurate, that this is what it would look like, which is, yeah. yeah, real gross. And because we're all, a lot of us are in quarantine right now, I am going to link an article about what cabin fever actually is. And that is a reaction to being, like, cooped up for long periods of yes. time. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, some of the ser- symptoms are irritability or restlessness. And coping skills are to go outside, normalize your eating habits, stimulate your brain with like puzzles and board games and stuff, and exercise. And that's what cabin fever really is. Aww. And those are my fun facts. Well, thank you for your those fun are, facts, Jen. Uh, really good uh, fun facts, Jen. Thank you. Well, let's do that scary scale. Hey, listeners, our scary scale is a scale we used to rank how scared we were by the movie. It's not a ranking of the quality of the movie. It's how scared we were today when we watched it. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd. I'm going to give it a three. Okay. There were two jump scares that really got me, and then a lot of the body horror stuff was really effective. It was really gross, Uh and I hated it because it just I just don't do well with this kind of stuff. Mikey? Uh, I'm going to give it a one. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Right. I'm going to give it a three, too, mostly because I really body horror grosses yeah. me out. You yeah, know? same. Yeah. Honestly, Ugh. body horror is usually worse for you than it is for me. But I it th- is, this yeah. movie just does it real well, and it's, it's gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's our scary scale. All yeah. right. So this week, you guys made me watch... Oh, sorry. No, the listeners made me watch Cabin Fever. What are you guys making me watch next week? Well, guys, we're keeping it on the Eli Roth train. We are going to watch Hostel next week. Yeah, I am not looking forward to this after what you guys have said about Hostel in this (laughs) episode. Yeah, I know. I actually haven't seen it. It's one that I've I've only seen it once. Uh, Well, I guess uh, we're going to find out more about it this next week. (laughs) Review? Are you looking for one, Mikey? I have one right now. (gasps) But how are we going to explain how to get a review of Mikey's prepared? (laughs) Well, Mikey, quickly before you read it, let me just tell them how they can get a review on the podcast. What they need to do is just leave us a five-star rating and review on uh, Apple iTunes and then, you know, write us a little text outlet, give us something fun for Mikey to read, and, uh, you know, he'll read it on the podcast. It's that easy. It's just that simple. Just that easy, guys. I think this is his last name, so I'm going to skip the last name part. Josh redacted Josh redacted from VT he says Mikey please read while doing your best overly excited Todd impression (laughs) oh shit this review brought to you by oh my god you guys are dicks (laughs) (laughs) I stumbled into this podcast while looking for a review of Hush oh wow I feel personally attacked what I found was an incredible dynamic between friends (laughs) Oh, <laughs> that make you feel as if you've known them forever. Oh, the Facebook community has welcomed me with open arms. Oh, that has true. become a part of my daily routine. Thank you for all that you do. Much love, Josh. Wow, 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 wow. wow. I mean, I feel attacked on your behalf. Todd. That is incredibly <laughs> hurtful and funny. <laughs> so yeah, thank you for reading that. Uh, Mikey is sick of ladies. <laughs> well, Josh Redacted, thank you so much for that awesome, awesome, but hurtful review. And Aww, if you guys want to have your review read on the podcast, leave us a five-star review. It's that easy. You think he's of the Vermont Redactington? I think he might. <laughs> we are a member of the Consequence okay. Podcast Network, so do us a favor and check out their shows like the Halloweenies and the Losers Club Podcast. They also hey. have the Fifth Dimension, Kyle Meredith with This Must Be the Gig, and Ghost Echo. So guys, check them out. And of course, check out their website, Consequence of Sound. And if you want to check out our shit, go to HorrorVirgin.com where you can get links to the merch store and stuff like that uh if you want to follow us on social we are at horror virgin if you want to follow us each individually on social jen is at jen Ferratu with two n's mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome if you want to help financially support the show please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great things one of which is the listener request that we just did this yeah. week and any el- any level is eligible to suggest movies and vote on movies in the listener request. And of course, perks get better and better as you pay more and more. If you can't afford to financially support the show or just simply don't want to, we completely get that. 
but we do offer a place where you can get your daily free content, and that is in the Facebook group. So, guys, check out the Facebook group. We are uh, about 920-plus members right now. It's growing every day. It's amazing. I know. It really is cool. Well, guys, that's going to be it for us. Yes. I think it's time. I finally got the truck started, so we can get out of here now. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk back towards the movie for no reason. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's good because I just vomited blood all over the truck. So. Oh, my God. All right. So thank you so much for joining us today, guys. I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, guys. <laughs> Have an amazing week. Bye. Honestly, Jen, if you could get better at spoons, I can play drums, and that part is just drums and spoons, so we could do that. I mean, I can yell Spoon Man. Guys, come see us on tour 2025 <laughs> when we have a new host because Mikey's dead from coronavirus. <laughs> the We Miss Mikey tour. Aww. The Memorial Mikey tour? The MMT? Yeah. <laughs> the Mikey Memorial tour. Hey, oh look, I'll God. play End of the Road on yes. Spoons <laughs> at the end of every show. <laughs> I don't, hard to say I'm sorry. If I die, I want Hold the, the worst go. things I've ever said that have been cut out. Oh, yeah. To just play <laughs> in the background oh, of like, yeah. the, the black and white oh. photos. And then we serve spaghetti. <laughs> Feel the rhythm with your hands. Feel the rhythm while you can. Consequence Podcast Network.